0: Hello, my name is Janine Pettit and I'm a girl camper. I go places and I do things in my little 1966 Go Tag Along vintage travel trailer. Along the way, I meet many interesting people traveling the back roads and I want to share their stories with you. We will talk about the qualities of what makes a girl camper and how you can become a girl camper too. The girl campers are having a party and you're invited. Stay tuned while I share what's happening on the back roads of America the Beautiful. Welcome, I'm Janine Pettit, Girl Camping Ambassador, Blogger, Adventurist, and Podcaster. And this is Episode 26 of Girl Camper, the Podcast Podcast. My guest today is Kyle Munt from Sylvan Sport. Sylvan Sport makes the coolest camper ever. It's a feat of design. It is the brainchild of an MIT graduate with a background in bicycle design, and he put his collective wisdom together with a friend of his, and they came up with the coolest camper ever. It's a lightweight, trailer that has so many options for usage. I first saw it at the RV show, the manufacturer RV show in Indiana last year, and I saw it on the side of the road, and I hit the brakes, and I did a U-turn to go back and see what that camper was all about. The design is spectacular. There's nothing out there like it. It can hold six mountain bikes and kayaks, (laughs) and also be the camper itself. So Kyle is here today to tell all the details of this really neat camper with us and we also have Girl Camper podcast news and in addition to that on our campfire chat today we're going to be talking about bucket list trips and how you can make your bucket list trip dream come true. We'll be back in a moment. to start the news roundup today with a little story, little story from the Pettit House. So many, many months ago when I was talking with Stephanie and Jeremy about doing a podcast and just bringing all this great information to Girl Camper Wannabes, and you know, I had a lot to say. <laughs> There's a lot of encouragement that is needed to help some of our girls get out there and do their thing. So I recorded two episodes with Stephanie down in their studio. And I came back home and she sent me the file and I sent it to my husband to listen to. So he was listening to it at work and he called me on the phone and he said, I loved everything about your podcast, honey. There is only one thing that is missing. And I said, what? Really? What? What? Tell me. I want to know. What, what did you think it was missing? And he said, nowhere in your podcast did I hear you say... This episode has been brought to you by (laughs) dot, dot, dot. (laughs) In other words, you don't have a sponsor. (laughs) Well, that's all changed now because I am thrilled to announce that Girl Camper, the podcast, has our first ever sponsor. And I'd like to extend a warm welcome to Progressive Insurance, the new sponsor of Girl Camper. So Progressive Insurance, I'm so excited about this because I'm a big Flow fan (laughs) and because I just really, really love Progressive ads. So I'm excited to be part of their team and they've got some really clever things that they're going to be rolling out for Girl Camper and over at RVFTA and Campground of the Week as well over the summer. We're going to be playing a Where is Flow game, which is going to be fun. We all have our little bobblehead flows, and she's going to be traveling with us, and everybody's going to get to guess where she is. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's coming up down the road. But also, they're going to be giving us some great travel tips every week, and I'm just very excited to be part of the team. Because, you know, here at Girl Camper, we like to go with the flow. (laughs) I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. (laughs) Anyway, welcome aboard Progressive Insurance. Now, the Other really big news that I have here at Girl Camper is that I finally did it. I finally made a choice, and I ordered a new camper. So I have been talking since last summer about my frustration with the limitations of my vintage camper. So I love my little 1966 Go along trailer. She's beautifully restored, and it's a great trailer for two or three days, two or three hours from home. But that's not the kind of traveling I'm going to be doing once my youngest graduates from college in a few weeks here. I'm going to be hitting the road, and I wanted something more comfortable, more durable, and um, something that was really going to give me a sense of safety. You know, a lot of things can go wrong in a vintage trailer, even one that has been restored. So there are so many good choices out there, and lots of RV manufacturers make really great things. But after... Many, many months of research and my heart was really stuck on one trailer and that is, drumroll please, I ordered Riverside Retro's Camper with the slide out, the 176S. So uh, let me tell you why I chose this trailer because I think it's so personal. Like everyone has a different set of of wish list things that they need to tick off in a trailer. It has to do with the way you travel, who you're going to be traveling with. There's all kinds of elements that go in and we talked about that a few weeks ago on the show. Things to consider when buying a trailer. So one of the things I really considered is how I'm going to use it long term. So let me tell you what went into my decision. So. The number one reason I had for choosing the Riverside Retro above other campers, because there were there's great models out there, but for me, I really, really love the vintage look. I wanted a canned ham, but I wanted it new. If someone else is making one out there, I am unaware of it. I think, for me, this was the best choice. I love that vintage vibe. And, you know, I had Tim Jones on the show. I think it was episode 14. And we talked about the Riverside Retro and all the elements of design. And Tim shared on the show that I had approached them months ago, maybe a year ago, a little over a year. It was a year ago last January, and said why aren't you guys making this with a birchwood interior? You're missing the boat. And he went back to the factory and said, would you make this with a birchwood interior? And they did. So I just love that. So I ordered the 176S, which is a new model for them. It's 17 feet and 6 inches. That's what the 176 means. But this one has a slide-out. So it's a nice size. It's not too big for me to tow. But when you open up that slide-out, there's twirling room. And you know when I'm camping with the girls, sometimes I twirl. <laughs> sometimes I get so excited I just spin around in my kitchen. So I love this model because it has the kitchen across the front. And when the slide out is open, I mean, you could it's just hanging out space. If it was a rainy day you literally could bring chairs into this space and all sit down. So they were nice enough to customize a few things for me. And one of the things I asked them to do is to not put the dinette booth in it. I really don't want the booth because the slide out is five feet wide. And when if you had a small family you could fold that down and it would be a great bed for two little kids So this would be a great trailer for a young family in addition to a girl camper but that's never going to be folded down I don't know anyone who's five feet tall and could sleep on that so I had this idea that I'm going to custom build a sleeper sofa in there I want that booth to just be a couch with all my pillows and I can hang out in there and I could read and I could sit there with my laptop and so that's, I'm going to personalize it for my own taste in that way. So they they took out, they're taking out the booth for me. If you're familiar with the Riverside Retro, you know they have that black and white checkered floor, which I don't like at all. So they're not going to put that one in. They're going to put something else in there for me. And I also had the stove taken out of mine. I really wanted the counter space. I almost never cook inside my trailer unless I'm just heating up water for tea or coffee. And I have an electric kettle for that. And I really much prefer the counter space. So one of the sisters, Deborah from Arkansas, I saw what she did in her riverside. She took it out too, and she extended her countertops. And Deborah's trailer is beautiful. So I've taken a cue from Deborah. I had them take the stove out. So I'm going to have that nice big countertop, a double sink. The microwave is built in. It has a six-foot cubic, um, cubic six-cubic-feet refrigerator space, which I'm so looking forward to. It's a separate freezer and separate refrigerator. And it runs on propane as well as electric. So when I'm driving down the road, if my food is cold and I turn on the propane, It's going to be cold when I get there. I'm not going to have to carry things in a cooler, plug in the camper, wait for it to get cold, transfer everything to the cooler, transfer it to the fridge, transfer it back to the cooler when I go home. So there's all these like new luxuries that I'm looking forward to. And so I have some really big trips coming up where I'm going to be gone for a long time. And we're going to be talking about bucket list trips in a minute in our campfire chat. So I'm very excited about my new trailer. It's going to be here in May. Oh, another customization they did for me is I didn't want the two-tone color, the aqua in white or the silver in the red. I want my trailer to be totally off-white. They have a new color at Riverside Retro, and it's a deep cream color. So mine is going to be a solid color. And I'm going to be having it pinstriped. And I'm going to be calling my trailer the St. George. And the reason I chose that name is uh, my dad was named George. And when my dad passed away a year or so ago, I looked up St. George on the computer because my dad and I talked so much in his last few weeks of life about camping and all the things we did. I was so grateful for all the good memories my dad and mom provided us kids with. So when I looked up St. George, St. George is the patron saint of camping. just made perfect sense to me so I'm going to call my trailer the St. George and I'm going to do this little green pinstriping and it's going to say the St. George but anyway, that's all down the line I'm going to get my trailer in May and then I'm going to really deck it out and do all the things I want in it to personalize it and make it feel like my Lake House trailer to me because I love my 66 go tag along and the Lake House vibe so I'm going to convert my new trailer into that old fashioned feel and it's going to be on display at the Country Living Fair in Rhinebeck, New York. So if you're on the East Coast and you want to come to Rhinebeck, you can come and see the trailer. I'm not going to have it in time for Nashville. But anyway, so that's two big news items today. Progressive Insurance, welcome to the Girl Camper Podcast, and I want to tell you something right now about Progressive Girl Camper is sponsored by Progressive Insurance, and when you sign up for an RV policy, you can also sign up for total loss replacement. That's what I like to call the silver lining insurance. (laughs) So that's an optional protection plan that replaces your new RV with a current model if it's declared a total loss in the first two years. So if anything happened to my new lake house in the first two years, you know, if I'm in Texas and a tornado picks it up and dumps it in Kansas somewhere, I'm totally replaceable at full cost. So I can do that. And that's what this policy is about. So you can get a quote from Progressive by calling 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or by visiting Progressive.com backslash RV. We'll be back in a minute with our Campfire Chat. Chat today about bucket list trips so there's two kinds of trips that sisters on the fly take no i'm going to change that to 3 okay there's three things that happen in the girl camping world one is just weekend camping like we're just all getting together it's no big deal everybody calls a campground makes their own reservation pays their own way we come we eat we laugh we sit around the campfire everybody goes home fun 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 simple and fun The number two way they do trips is like our wild, wonderful West Virginia trip, Go, Girl, Go. It's planned out for months in advance. There's usually some kind of fee involved. There's catered meals. There's party hats. There's festivities. There's souvenirs. And that's another way in which all the girls get together. And even that is usually a four- or five-day trip. But then there's the pinnacle of girl camping, which is the bucket list trip. So bucket list trips are happening in the Sisters on the Fly every single year. And the Sisters put out their bucket list trip a couple of weeks ago. You can read what the bucket list trips are if you're not a sister on the fly on their public Facebook page or just by going to sistersonthefly.com. So they're all listed. I went on a bucket list Sister on the Fly trip two or three years ago when I went to Casey, Wyoming for Cowgirl Boot Camp. I had been watching that trip for years, dreaming of the day I could finally do it. And, you know, in just a wave of inspiration, one January when I was sitting here, I just sent in $500 deposit and figured out how I was going to pay for the rest of it later on. I just just said, this is the year. I'm doing it. Because sometimes you just do that. You just go, I'm doing it. And a story, and somehow it all works out. So my friend Mary came with me, and we spent one week on a working cattle ranch in Wyoming, under those big skies. It was absolutely beautiful. We rode horses every single day for hours and hours on end. We brought in the bulls. We we went on a eight mile canyon ride through, or twelve mile canyon ride through this beautiful canyon up in Wyoming to the location where Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid had their hideout. And we camped overnight in teepees there and ate by the chuck wagon and listened to the coyotes. I'm telling you, that is bucket list stuff. For the rest of my life, I will remember that trip in a way that other trips don't impact you. It was so beautiful and so much fun. And I love horses and really don't get to ride that often. So it was just a spectacular trip. So last year, the Sisters on the Fly did another spectacular trip, which is one of a bucket list thing. They drove the entire length of Route 66. So 35 sisters did the whole thing, but 300 participated in sections of it. So they started out in the middle of May in Chicago, and they drove all the way to the Santa Monica Pier. And I think it was a three-week trip. But there were stops along the way in which there was a different hostess at each stop, some sister on the fly in Kansas, some sister on the fly in Oklahoma. So they had prepared these events along the way, and these ladies had so much fun. And one of our wonderful sisters, Karen West, who is a spectacular photographer, photographed the whole thing, and it's in her book, Sisters Get Their Kicks on Route 66. Karen has donated a copy of that book and you don't need to be a sister on the fly to enjoy this book. Anyone who would like to see what the entire route of Route 66 is and the places you could go and the things you could do along the way should order this book from Amazon, but Karen has donated one. If you would like an opportunity to win the donated copy, which is autographed of Karen's book, you can simply go on to girlcamper.com and sign up for our newsletter. So all the people who signed up in the past will be still in the picking and all the new people can uh, have a chance to win Karen's book, which is spectacular. So Karen and all of these sisters went from Chicago to Santa Monica. They had so much fun along the way. And each hostess picked um, historical sites and things for them to do along the way. So it's it's not a party and a campfire every night. It's just really wonderful things that the sisters got to do. So this year, the sisters are doing a trip called waltz across Texas. So they were so inspired by the Route 66 trip that Leanne Moore, a Texas sister on the fly, she wanted to share her state's heritage with all of the sisters. So Leanne, along with many chambers of commerce along the way in Texas, planned this trip. And it's the 100th centennial, the centennial 100th anniversary of the Bank Head Highway. So everybody is familiar with Route 66, but what the bankhead is, it was actually the first transcontinental paved road. It was in the early 1920s. It was finished in 1918 or 19, and it started in Washington, D.C. and went a southern route across the country through Texas from Texarkana to El Paso, and then ended in San Diego. So this was in the Roaring Twenties, and it was traveled by people with Model A's, and it was like the trip to take. It was before Route 66, so it's the centennial of the Bankhead Highway. So the Texas girls have planned this trip, and they're all gathering now. So the trip is taking place from April 6th to April 26th. They're starting in El Paso and they're driving across the whole state of Texas to April 26 when they're going to land in Texarkana. So if you can remember a in the early episodes of Girl Camper, I read a letter from a Sister on the Fly. She wasn't a Sister on the Fly at the time. She was a Florida floozy, but I said, you got to join Sisters on the Fly, and she did. Her name was Maureen, and Maureen wrote in to say, Janine, I have been looking and looking for a vintage camper, and I can't find one, but I heard you talk about About just skipping the vintage restoration thing and buying a new trailer. So that's what Maureen did. She bought a Riverside Retro. Not the same one I have, but a different one. And she is now, she had never towed before. Now this is less than a year ago. Maureen had never towed a trailer before. She bought the Riverside Retro. She had a hitch put on her tow vehicle. She started driving around. She joined the Florida Floozies and went on little trips all around Florida, two hours from home. And guess what Maureen is doing right now? She is driving 1,800 miles from her home in Florida to the starting point of Waltz across Texas in El Paso. <laughs> Maureen, you, you astound me. Uh, you go, girl. That's unbelievable. That's what Maureen is driving to the starting point. And along her way, she's picking up sisters along the way. So I'm following Maureen's journey online here and just uh, having her back in prayer and support. and Just go, Maureen and all you girls. So Maureen got out of Florida. She hit some rough weather, but she persevered. And, you know, you pull over and you wait for it to pass. That's what you have to do. You just be sensible and be safe. You have to pull over and wait. Storm passed over, she kept driving, she got to Alabama, she picked up another sister on the fly, and the two of them today are heading to three or four hours away where they're picking up the next sister on the fly. By the time these ladies get themselves to El Paso, they're going to have ten people in their caravan, and then they're going to start and join all the other people coming from all other different parts of the country and taking the waltz across Texas. I'm following them all online. This looks like a great trip. It was months and months in the planning. So I want to talk to you about how to achieve a bucket list trip. Because we hear about these things and we think, how is that even doable? Now, I signed up for a bucket list trip and, you know, it's fingers crossed for next year June of 2017 and I just want to throw this out there because it's open to anyone anybody listening to me right now can do this upcoming trip so next June I have signed up for the Lewis and Clark trip 2017. In June of 2017, a bunch of sisters on the fly are starting off in St. Louis, Missouri, and we're going all the way up north through the Dakotas, across Montana, Idaho, into Oregon, following the Lewis and Clark trail. We're going to be at the Grand Tetons. We're going to do Rushmore. It's a three-week trip. It's going to be spectacular. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I'm hoping I get to do this trip. I'm signed up for it. So we'll see, you know, what happens. But that is my plan right now. These trips take a long time to put together and plan. So I'm not doing any speaking engagements or anything for those that three-week period. But it's really going to be more because then I have to drive home. So it's going to be five or six weeks. And a bunch of the women who are doing it, once they land in Oregon and the trip is done, the planned part of the trip is done, some women have their husbands or, or, um, you know, family members or loved ones or girlfriend flying in, and they're all going to Alaska. So the trip isn't ending for them. They're heading up to Alaska. I'm hoping I can get someone to fly out and meet me in Oregon and drive back home with me and visit all our relatives in, in Colorado and come home on a different route. But... So these trips are out there. They're bucket list trips. They take a lot of planning. So let me talk about how you can achieve a bucket list trip. Because if you're thinking, well, I could never take six weeks off work, if you're still working, or even if you're retired, how could I be gone for six weeks? So I want to tell you some of the ways in which people achieve these trips. One of them is to just have the idea that in order to enjoy it, you you don't have to do the whole trip. So when the sisters did Route 66, a lot of the people only did a section of it. They had six or eight days vacation, and so they picked something near them. Maybe the Oklahoma sisters went from Kansas to the western side of Oklahoma, and then they had to go back home. So it's a little bit like... An Appalachian Trail section hiker. You're not going to do all of Route 66 in one thing. You're just going to say, okay, I did the Oklahoma section of Route 66. Next time I have some vacation days and free time, I might pick up and do Nevada in the next leg of that trip. So one of the ways we get to do things is by biting them off in smaller pieces. Not everybody can go off and just take that amount of time off of work or away from your responsibilities, but that doesn't mean you're left out of it either. Just be happy that you can do a section of it. Now another thing that I think is um, something to consider is if you have, I don't know, eight vacation days and you need three weeks to do the trip, sometimes an employer will let you have unpaid time off. So it's something to consider. And it's not something you would probably want to do every year, but it's maybe something you could consider for a bucket list kind of thing. So if you have all this company and people behind you and going with you, and that scenario isn't going to present itself again anytime soon, maybe you just want to say, you know what, let me go to HR and see if I can have this time off Um, unpaid. And then you make up that money in either way. Uh, My son has a friend who lives with us, and he lives in Ghana, and he's been with us for over a year, and he hasn't seen his family in three years. Well, he works at the Amazon warehouse, but they are allowing him unpaid time off, because you don't fly all the way to Ghana and just stay for 10 days. The poor kid hasn't seen his family in three years. So when he goes, he's going to be on two weeks vacation and four weeks unpaid time. So right now, he is taking every overtime shift he can get to make up that money that he's going to be losing. So, you know, it's just a question of planning, but these trips are planned a year out at a time, so you have time to do that. Another one of the things we always talk about with the Sisters on the Fly, we laugh about this sitting around the campfires, is getting rid of stuff, like your stuff. Is valuable to somebody else. And you know, my friend Carol with her pocketbooks, I laugh about it. She always buys expensive pocketbooks and she uses them for three or four months and then she buys new ones. And she had a closet full of them (laughs) and she started selling them on Craigslist and garage sale things. And these are pocketbooks she paid several hundred dollars for. And she's getting 50 or 70 dollars back for them and putting that money in the cookie jar. So we all have stuff in our house that we're really not using. And there's so many ways to get rid of that stuff now. You know, there's all these garage sale apps and local things, and you could just get rid of your stuff, start putting that money in a cookie jar the very old-fashioned way. (laughs) My mom and dad had literally an old mayonnaise jar over the stove in the kitchen, and they used to put three dollars, four dollars, five dollars in it at a time. And when it got built up, and in those days, built up to like twenty bucks, when my mom wasn't taking money out of it for other things, we would do something special. Like, as a big family, we never went to restaurants for dinner. So every once in a while, my dad would say, "Let's see how much is in the mayonnaise jar," and the kids would all get it out. We we count all the coins and the money, and we go out to Shakey's for pizza. That was a huge treat when. we were kids. So it's that good old-fashioned, just save the money, put it aside, stop buying things that you don't really want, and start saving for something. Live in experience state of mind instead of an acquiring state of mind. So if we're always acquiring things, we have things. But if we save that money and go places, we have experiences. And at the end of my life, I want to have experiences. So anyway, that's our little chat today on Bucket List Trips. We're going to be back in a minute with our interview with Kyle Munt from Sylvan Sport talking about their incredible Go trailer. What a piece of art this trailer is. Art, design, function, it's got it all. We're going to be back in a minute with Kyle Munt. I'm here at Sylvan Sport today, and I'm here with Kyle Munt, who is the Vice President of Marketing and New Product Development for what is the coolest, period, camper, period, ever, period, (laughs) and it's called The Go. And I saw this trailer last year at an event, and I fell in love with it, and I have been telling everybody about it ever since, and I think this has such girl camper potential especially for all our girl camper friends who love to hike and kayak and and mountain bike this camper has everything any girl camper would ever need and it only weighs how many pounds
1: Eight hundred
0: and forty. Eight yeah. hundred and forty. you could almost tow it on a bike right kyle
1: almost a three-wheel uh, trike it could probably pull it up. okay
0: yeah so i i invited kyle to come and talk about this trailer today I, I wouldn't even call it a trailer is it a trailer or is it a camper
1: it's a it's an all-new category it's a category creator that's for sure it's a it's a trailer uh, that can carry um, all kinds of toys that's a utility trailer uh, and then, of course, whenever you get to your destination, it opens up into a camper. So.
0: Okay, so l- let's just talk about that, Kyle. Tell me, and all of our audience here, h- how did this trailer come about? Because it's there's nothing else like it on the market. This is so thoughtfully designed, and it has so many components I've never seen on any other product. So tell us how this all came to be.
1: Well, the the gentleman that started the company, his name is Tom Dempsey, and he had an interesting background both in uh, the pop-up camper world at Coleman years ago and then in the outdoor gear world with Perception Kayaks, and he even started his own company called Liquid Logic Kayaks. After that uh, ended, he had this concept to create... Um, a a camping trailer that was usable seven days a week was light enough to be pulled by any small four-cylinder vehicle and um, he wanted to get that off the ground so a mutual friend of ours introduced him and myself to myself and um, I got involved and saw the concept and realized it was really unique and something I wanted to be a part of as he uh got funding for this venture. Uh, I came on board full time and then we brought in another gentleman, Tom Reeder, who's a mechanical engineer with a uh, master's degree from MIT and, a uh, some, uh, background in the bicycle industry. And the three of us squirreled ourselves away in a small office in a little place called Cedar Mountain and designed and engineered, um, our little hearts out for about, uh, six months. And, um, we uh, got all the parts in, put it together. It all fit together for the f- for the first time. And we took it and introduced it uh, at the Outdoor Retailer Show in Salt Lake City.
0: And that's the annual show in Utah every year. That's the show to present new products in for the outdoor world.
1: Yeah, for the outdoor industry. Yep.
0: Yeah, one of these days I would love to go to
1: Oh, that. it's a great show. It's such a different vibe. Well,
0: I missed it for this year because it's like in January or February, isn't it?
1: No, they have a winter and a summer.
0: Oh, they do. Version. Okay. And maybe. the summer
1: one is in, um, I want to say, the end of July, beginning mm-hmm. of August. So you still have time, and I'd highly recommend it.
0: Yeah. Actually, I'm going I'm to be out there way in August so so when you had your first prototype made how close is that to what your product is now
1: well interestingly we didn't even build a prototype we uh, we engineered in a program called SolidWorks and um, we went straight to production Um, uh, the frame is primarily uh, aluminum extrusions so we had 11 different aluminum extrusion profiles they all came in, everything was cut and machined and bent to spec from our models, and it all fit together perfectly. So we never even prototyped.
0: Oh my goodness! <laughs> so, you you went out there. You had confidence. Comp- well, I would think with the design background of the people you were working with, mm-hmm. and a, a, a master's at from MIT, yep. you are people who knew something about design.
1: Yeah, we all have either design or engineering backgrounds. I went to Rochester Institute of Technology. Tom went to Auburn, and the other Tom Reader went to MIT and Brown.
0: Yeah. So, um, so you got yep. three smart guys putting mm-hmm. all their collective knowledge from all the years in different industries together to create. the product.
1: Exactly. Yep. Different materials and processes. You know, we uh, um, I could go on and on about the design but a right. lot of the design, or you know uh, a lot of our background can be seen in the components. Tom, coming from the bicycle industry, we have an aluminum frame that's TIG welded. Um, we so have, tell
0: me about TIG welding, because I often hear that expression. It's It's a It's a a higher step. It's something that takes longer. Isn't that correct?
1: It's exactly right. It takes a a good bit longer, uh, and then the bond that it creates is much stronger than MIG welding. And uh, the appearance, of course, is a much smoother, just better uh, weld.
0: So I just went through the factory, and I was so impressed here by that's one clean factory. <laughs> it's, it's very organized. We went station to station, and at your welding station, you had a master welder there who was teaching a, an experienced welder, but your system here for welding. Exactly. And those seams are almost seamless it's almost yeah. even hard to tell they're welded yeah, they're it's so almost beautiful. perfect
1: it looks like robots are out there doing it but, but it's good
0: old-fashioned craftsmanship
1: it's, it's good people and they they just care about what they're doing
0: you can see that in in your workers here mm-hmm. this is a happy place to work
1: yep it is it's great
0: <laughs> well so I, I it's hard to describe this trailer but it's a hybrid of sort of a tent and a, it's a pop-up But it's so much more than a pop-up because when it's all folded down, there's this big hollow space that's created that carries equipment. So I've never seen anything like this. So if you are really an outdoor person and you're out there, not to sit around the campfire making s'mores, but you're out there going places and doing things... This can hold up to 12 things when it's all folded down and packed. So I've seen some pictures here in which there's six kayaks stored in the bottom with six mountain bikes on top, and that's always a problem for me, the Mm -hmm. kayak. I love that this kayak is stored at basically hip level. So if you have trouble getting it up and down, this is a great storage solution for anyone who can't lift that thing over their heads anymore.
1: Exactly. That's what we designed it for. You know, the ability to, to stick this in your garage loaded with all of your boats and bikes and camping gear and everything on it and just back the car in on a Friday afternoon, click it, and go that was the concept and so um you can keep your car open for things like kids and friends and pets and all the things that matter because this has so much
0: storage space Mm -hmm. so when this is all folded down i don't think it was rib cage high on me it was i don't know what is it four feet
1: it's um looks under probably around four feet yeah
0: Yeah. Yeah. so you could slide that right in your garage Mm -hmm. and you have another little model just it's a cargo carrier basically for equipment
1: Right, it's primarily a kayak trailer for, uh, um, well, various sized boats and things. But mm-hmm. uh, as the uh, fishing kayak world has um, kind of uh, blown up recently, we uh, wanted and to create a product long. for that. They are and they're really heavy. That's that's okay. the biggest thing, and they're just getting heavier as they load them up with electronics and attachments and mm. things. So you know, to have a hundred and ten, hundred and twenty pound. Rig is not uncommon anymore.
0: So you've created a little uh, kayak carrier that actually goes in the back of your garage and stores upright against a wall.
1: Yeah, you can see it on our website. It it folds up, stores against the wall, has a lot of... uh, Nice storage features.
0: So that's you, Kyle, new product development.
1: <laughs> well, it's the team. The, the, yeah. the team that created the Go is going to be the team that creates everything. So we're yeah. we're a growing company, and we want to have expanding. more products. Yep.
0: Right. Uh, but I really love that little thing because it's very lightweight, and it has two different extensions on it, uh, one for a very long. So if you had that fishing kayak, you would put the longer... What do you call that rod that hooks up to the the tongue? The tongue. Yeah. Okay. So it was a very long one, or you could it comes off with a pin, right? And you could put the shorter one mm-hmm. on depending exactly. on what your needs are. So it's
1: yeah, it's also you know utility trailer and bikes and things like that. So if you had uh, bikes, you could put the shorter tongue on. And,
0: and I'm going to put a link in the show notes so people could go on. I'm going to put all these pictures on there because that there's this is so versatile. It would it's even hard to explain, but when you get where you're going and this thing opens up, you've got two beds on either side and you've got a nice open space in the middle with an attachable table right and the beds that's a pretty comfortable little mattress explain the technology in the air mattress that's on that bed
1: well um a lot of uh, the components on the go we wanted to speak more to the camping side of things versus how it was traditionally done in the rv world so our air mattresses are self-inflating, and people who have backpacked are familiar with that technology. Mm-hmm. So uh, as you uh, set it up, you just undo a couple of valves, and it inflates itself. Yeah. And then when you're ready to pack it up, you uh, open the valves up again, roll it out, and close the valves, and it stays deflated. it
0: stays. And then you have this really clever storage system up top. There's a place for everything, everything in its place.
1: <laughs> yeah. And when people see that for the first time, it's... it's um, it, It's pretty impressive because it's a very small, slim, you know, aerodynamic box, but it holds the whole tent, the awning, the air mattresses, the panels, and
0: people. Which is what leaves all that extra space for Mm -hmm. your equipment and stuff. Right. So now you, how old is the company?
1: Well, we started the company, was started in 2004, and we went into production with our first product, the Go, in 2008. So there's a lot of groundwork and financing and things like that that were done initially. And then when we really got busy, uh, it took us about a year to develop the Go and get it out and introduce it um, from beginning to start to finish. There.
0: So it's it's like a the Go is like a pop-up, but it, it's, it's so much uh, better use of space and it's designed, like you said, for camping. So this is for people who really do things outdoors. But I'm so impressed by the tent. That is on the go. Talk about the material that this tent is made out of, because you don't require a fly to be over this in order to make sure you're dry.
1: Yeah, we we uh, to back up even a little further. We we sort of coined the phrase "mobile adventure gear" as we we're trying to describe the product because pop up camper doesn't really do it justice. No, I mean, it doesn't, and it of, gives
0: a different image. That's yeah, not...
1: right. So um, we knew that when we wanted to have our tent, um, well, we knew we wanted it to be a tent camper versus a hard sided camper uh, because that tent camping experience is fantastic everybody loves to hear rain dropping off the mm-hmm. tent but we knew it, it had to be perfect and um people it couldn't leak people had to enjoy the tent camping experience without all the negatives so we tried to design out all the negative stuff it's 13 inches off the ground it's level there's no sticks or rocks or flooding or any of the bad stuff
0: and it has um, built-in stabilizing jacks it
1: does yep and then the tent itself to answer your question is uh Uh, 220 denier uh, ripstop polyester with a coating on it so it uh, it doesn't need a rain fly and uh, it stays uh, waterproof we have big uh, windows on the sides as well as a completely open top that's covered by the plastic shell and that gives us sort of a soffit like of a house uh, Ventilation. ventilation system to keep condensation from building up so it's a pretty well engineered tent.
0: But I really love this like little built in awning that comes over the door and then you have a fly or what do you call this a uh, tent room that yeah, attaches to it. We call it
1: an awning and it's a big sunshade, yeah. rain shade. It gives you uh, about it about doubles your, your covered space on. Right,
0: so if it was a little drizzly and you were sitting under that you mm-hmm. could enjoy um, your meal still outside.
1: Yep, and you can even back your car up into the opening and it gives you a nice covered space to get oh, to wow. your car and yeah, so if you want like to that. open
0: the back hatch of your Subaru right. under there and keep the dogs in there, or mm-hmm, exactly. you know, there's there's just so many ways. So this is only eight hundred and something pounds, so this could be towed on any four cylinder vehicle. It
1: can, um, you know, it's up to every individual to check with their owner's manual and make decisions on what they feel comfortable carrying. But we deliver these sometimes with a Prius <laughs> to make oh. sort of a marketing statement,
0: mm-hmm. and.
1: Um, you know, I've, I've pulled it myself with Mini Coopers, and it's, yeah, any small car can handle it.
0: Oh, so let me ask you this. So uh, this, who is the market for this? It, is the market what you thought it was going to be?
1: No. It's who a, did
0: you design it that's for? That's a really
1: interesting question. We assumed that um, the uh, kind of the aging uh, parents with kids who have been adventurous their whole lives and tent camped uh, would want to, Would like this product, and that's been the case. But our probably our largest audience has been uh, about to or recent retirees, and we did not expect that. But it makes sense. Traditionally,
0: we think those are the class C motorhome people, right?
1: And um, it's interesting too. The most recent sort of growing audience for us has been class B motorhome. Owners like the Roadtrek and the Airstream, you know, Mm -hmm. vans. um, Those are fantastic vehicles. They have showers and cooking stations Mm -hmm. and things like that inside, but they lack sleeping space. They usually have one queen size bed. They lack any reasonable storage space. And you cannot bring boats and bikes on those without having to climb up on a ladder and haul a 100-pound boat up onto some J cradles. So our Go has been the perfect accessory for that. You know, it tows behind, it carries all your gear, it provides a guest bedroom. I did
0: see that at a show. Mm -hmm. So they had, um, somebody had a road trek, and they were towing the Go behind it.
1: It's perfect. It's like a a guest room, you know, gear hauling. Take all your coolers and, and camping gear and boats and bikes. You don't have to leave anything behind now.
0: Because the road trek is a touring vehicle. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm in them, and I I mean, there's some beautiful ones, and Winnebago makes a really nice one, too. But I would think, when I look at those, I think that's a weekend outing. Mm-hmm. That would be okay for a weekend. I would not want to yep. be in that for five weeks. So if you were going to go on a cross-country trip, and you had one of these, and we're towing the go.
1: Yep. So um, we've even, uh, we're now on uh, Winnebago Outdoors' website with our new product, the Go Easy. For that reason, it's a great, you know, accessory to tow behind one of those.
0: So that's interesting to me. So it's just the shift in mentality in this country that bigger is not always better. Right. So I think of people my age um, buying the Class C motorhomes, but you're seeing a market and people who, they just want to keep it simple. Mm Mm-hmm you know the yeah. whole kiss thing keep it simple silly mm-hmm. like you don't need any more this is everything you need
1: yeah and it's funny i see that uh real clearly with both my kids you know their their generation sees things you know they don't uh, they don't understand the excess of people right. and they want things to be just smaller and simpler and so i agree my kids
0: are the same way Mm -hmm. yeah they're they're horrified that i have a truck (laughs) i'm I'm a total embarrassment (laughs) but anyway uh, what i what i think is so cool about this is that this isn't really when i first saw this i thought well this is a millennial's product this is for our kids you know this is what our kids would want but this is a product for campers Right, people who camp,
1: and like I said, we were surprised that you know people in the retirement you know age range have become kind of our biggest audience, and uh, we're real happy about that. I would say that anybody who enjoys you know tent camping and all the all the positives of tent camping. Um, would like this? Would love this product? <clears throat>
0: yeah, I, I absolutely think so. So, can you tell us, uh, Kyle? Um, how, how is this marketed? Because I'm at RV shows all the time. I, I can't remember where I first saw this product, but I saw it and I I went nuts for it. But I'm at RV shows all the time, and I've never seen this. So, you guys have a different marketing model.
1: We do. We we we. Uh, it's it's kind of a long story, but we have been selling direct. Uh, for years. And it was about a year ago that we shifted our model and we're now opening up RV dealers throughout the country, U.S. and Canada, actually. Mm-hmm. And so we're selling it through them. And now we're able to attend a lot more RV shows. So this year we've done Raleigh, Baltimore, Binghamton, New York, uh, some several on the West Coast. Uh, prior to that, we were going more to shows like Kinucopia in um, Madison, Wisconsin, which is a paddle sports show. And things like that, uh, music festivals. It was right. more about exposure.
0: That's because, how Airstream. hmm Yeah.
1: Because and, we are selling direct.
0: Outdoor, yeah.
1: And uh, now that we're selling through dealers, it's opened up a world for us, and it's been fantastic, and so we are going to more RV shows.
0: I just remembered where I first saw this. I saw it last September when I met you in Elkhart. Okay. So I was at the RV Manufacturers um, Show, in which the manufacturers um, um, promote all their new models to RV dealers. And I was driving down the road on my way to my next <laughs> dealer, and I hit the brakes because I saw this on the side of the road, and I thought, "Oh, I'm in such a hurry, but I got to see what that is all about."
1: Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yes,
0: now, yeah, now I remember because I was pressed for time, and I'm like, "There's no way I'm passing on looking at that. That is so innovative and so neat." And it, so I, I, I want to go back to the design for just a minute because there's so many features inside this that are so well thought out. It, so it has the two beds, and the, they seem bigger than a twin. How wide are those?
1: Well, there are two uh, twin beds, I believe they're 36 inches. Okay, uh, that's
0: a standard twin.
1: Right, and then when you uh, put it together into the king-size bed, it's what they call a king and a half.
0: Okay, so if you had two or three little kids, and mm-hmm. you made that all big one big sleeping platform, everybody's there in their sleeping bags or their blankies. Yep. But then you still have the storage under, underneath that to stow your stuff in the evening when... Mm-hmm. Bedtime comes, and everybody's got to put their stuff someplace and yeah. so that could turn into one big bed. Kingston- so you have storage, so this all folds down very i think the the uh capsule, so to speak, that holds the tent and the components mm-hmm. when it's all folded down. That doesn't look any bigger than maybe 10 or 12 inches to me.
1: Right. It varies as, you know, it's a contoured shape. We call it the, the tent pod.
0: The tent pod. Camp,
1: camping pod. Okay. And, uh, yeah, it holds the tent, it holds the uh, panels, the air mattresses and all that. And it's probably at its thickest point. It's maybe around 10 or 11 inches.
0: So I, I, when I we were just sitting in it in the factory, the one that you have modeled there, and I was so impressed by all the little details in that. So the windows, you have zipper windows everywhere in that. But then if it w- those were all closed up, you have these light panels, uh, plasticized, plastic, mm-hmm. I guess yeah. they are.
1: We, we created those for two reasons. One is uh, they're stargazer panels. So as you're laying there, wow. you can look up at the sky. And the other reason is you can look out and see the front of your... If you look out the front, you can see your vehicle and check on things like that. Okay. Otherwise, you would have to leave and... and and go around, you know, unzip the tent, go outside, and take a look. So.
0: Well, what's what What I was really impressed about by them is, you know, when you're in an old pop-up and all the plastic is in there and it's seamed all the way around, these were heat-welded, so there's no leakage, you know, that kind of attention to detail that you've got that little window in there and it's never going to become a problem. Yeah,
1: yeah there's an awful lot of detail that went into the tent. You know, um, funny story, when I said that we... Uh, Put everything together for the first time, and it worked perfectly. The tent was the only thing that involved uh, a lot of iterations because you really can't uh, create that on CAD and have it come out perfect. There's, it's like tailoring a suit, basically.
0: Right. You have so to we try went through that. a lot of
1: different iterations, and we went through a lot of improvements. And uh, at this point now, I mean, we're we're very confident in saying it's it's waterproof. It, it's super, you know, robust. It'll last for a really long time, and it's a it's a great tent.
0: it it looks fantastic and then but for storage wise inside because in a pop-up you would have benches in there that open so you don't have anything like that but there's all these little storage solutions so you have this really cool sling that goes across the top inside storing jackets and Mm -hmm. uh, whatever you want to throw up there it was it was pretty big
1: yeah, it's a lot of fun. We're coming up with more accessories you know, uh, uh, all the time, and the internal storage stuff on the interior is fun. We have a curtain that we're working on. And um, So
0: if someone wants to sleep later, read their book up with their nook at night?
1: Yeah, it'll almost be like a, uh, a train... Uh, Berth, Birth, yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. I love that. I love that. I, I actually have that in my little trailer. I put that in my trailer, so if I'm up with my kindle at night reading the light doesn't bother yeah, yeah
1: exactly yeah so it's a lot of fun there's a uh, just a ton of accessorizing that we're doing and you know if you're a few you buy a go and you're a go owner you know we've had people do their own stuff which is really creative do and they
0: we, share that with mm-hmm. you then
1: yeah they we we get pictures and they post it on our facebook page and stuff have
0: you incorporated any consumer ideas into
1: yeah the curtain that i was just mentioned yeah uh we uh, had a customer buy. Some material from uh, Walmart and make their own, and it was great. (laughs) So we went and we just kind of started there and have improved on it a little bit.
0: Yeah. Do you have a big online community of people who uh, have bought this trailer and, and communicate online and form groups and all meet together?
1: Uh, somewhat, we have a, a great social media, you know, uh, presence, and, and lots of owners contribute there. Mm-hmm. Um, we would love to have kind of our first, you know, annual rally. rally of some sort, and we're kind of working on that.
0: Oh, that would be mm-hmm. fun.
1: Yep, but um, hasn't happened yet, but we will.
0: So one of the things I liked about the inside of the trailer is there's just an incredible feeling of volume in it. When you're standing in it, that roof is very high. There's so much headroom in there. <laughs> and then the sides come out it feels very very spacious but at the end of the table that um hooks on there's a a clever installation for a table so four people could easily sit there and you could have a little stool on the end there's plenty of table space
1: well it's actually an interesting thing that the the panels and the air mattresses that we have allow you to have six different configurations on the inside and uh, one of them is to bring the other panel down and put it at the end so you can have three-sided seating around the table. Oh. Yeah. Or you could push that panel in against the wall and have space underneath the table for utensils and things right. like that.
0: And then you have this really cool called uh, the Mr. Stow-It-All, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> designed by Mr. Know-It-All. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's a really well-made, beautiful canvas bag that hooks on and hangs It holds a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah, it holds all the things that you would want, you know, in a camping trip. And you can pre-pack it and fold it up like a cosmetic bag or a suitcase kind of thing. And then uh, when you set up your go on the interior, you just hit two carabiners to the top and let it drop. And
0: And all all your your stuff stuff is in it. And it has a big zippered pack uh, pack that you could put your iPad or laptop Mm -hmm. in. And you were nice enough to donate one to a listener, so thank you. Because that could be used in any trailer.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's designed to fit our space, but it can clip onto anything and works great.
0: If you had, like a lot of the Girl Campers have an easy up that they put, that would be a great place. You could hook it onto the side of um, a kitchen setup from Cabela's or anything, and it would hold all kinds of stuff. So you donated one of those, and and we're going to pick a lucky winner next week. So if you go on to girlcamper.com and sign up for... Uh, the weekly newsletter or um, for blog alerts. Um, We'll pick a name out of there, and I'm going to just give it to you, Kyle, because I'm terrible at mailing things. (laughs) I'll
1: make sure it gets mailed out.
0: I'm going to call you and tell you who the winner is because that is a really cool product. And um, So uh, there were so many designs on this that I was taking some pictures here, but it it would be impossible for me to convey the number Mm -hmm. of configurations and the ways in which this trailer could work. So I, you given me permission to steal them off your website and I'm going to yep. provide the link for your product in the show notes. Is there anything else you want to tell us about this? Cause I, I don't think we scratched the surface on what this thing could do.
1: No, that's, it's true. There's uh, there's so many things I'd like to say, uh, you know, but obviously a plug for Sylvan sport and, and what we set out to create with this product. Um, mm. it's perfect for your audience. You know, it's a small 840 pound camper that can be pulled with any small vehicle. And, uh, I would say over fifty percent of our driver of our owners drive Subarus, so the Outback yeah. and the Forester and even the Crosstrek, and I have a Legacy. They're all you know perfect vehicles, and it seems like the Subaru owner is the kind of
0: right uh, crowd and that, that gets us. I get mail like that all the time. I and I, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the show. It's what came first, the chicken or the egg. There are some people who just have a tow vehicle. It's their car. It's not a tow vehicle. It's their car. And they're not getting rid of that car. (laughs) There's the Subaru driver. I'm here in Brevard, North Carolina, with my friend Carol, who has had a Subaru for 30 years. And she's never getting rid of the Subaru. So she's always looking. She's looking for a trailer Um, That will fit the car she has. And then there's Carol, too, is in one of those situations here where she can't have anything like this parked in her HOA. So this would slide right in your garage. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And you and I were talking earlier on the factory floor. I'm having a huge problem with my shoulder now where I cannot get my kayak up on the truck anymore. So I love that this kayak can be stowed at ground level almost. It's, It's 13 inches or so off the ground. Yeah. You can slide funny, it in it, and slide it out. And it's
1: funny, like you said, you know, there's so much to talk about. We could never cover it all. But mm-hmm. um, one of the neat things in, that we designed into this was you can put the kayak on it and you can raise it up and camp. So if you were, say, driving to from here to Colorado and you just pulled in for the night, mm-hmm. if you raise your kayaks up above your head, you uh, you don't have to, take don't take have to unload and you don't have to worry about anyone tampering with it because it's up out of reach of anybody. You're not and worried you about can, it, yeah. yeah. And then we even designed in a, a sort of a, a fail-safe... Uh, device will keep the top from ever coming down. You know, on traditional pop-up campers, uh, they don't have any kind of device. There's a
0: like ratchet system. That, yeah, right. And if and the lift it,
1: system fails, that roof can come down and falls can't down. And it has actually killed people. And so Ooh. what we've designed into our system is a uh, the way the bottom of the box opens up and drops down to become the front wall. It locks mm-hmm. into position and, and it, okay. it cannot come down. It
0: cannot come. You know what I do want you to talk about? I'm glad you said that. Tell uh, the audience about the solar panel system oh, because great. this trailer. Uh, I just love the way this works, and you guys are constantly tweaking to make sure everything is working at optimum. Tell about the solar system that you now have available for this.
1: Well, we've always wanted to be, have, you know, to, to have an off the grid power solution as opposed to your traditional, you know, run it off the car battery or whatever. So we teamed up with a company called Goal Zero. <clears throat> They're one of the premier solar uh, product manufacturers out there. And we have a system now that you can buy, uh, but they have a program called Solar Ready. And uh, with that program, different manufacturers can make their products solar ready to accept Goal Zero's equipment. All so right. what we've done is we've built a bracket system that's retrofittable to any go that's mm-hmm. ever been built that'll carry two of their big uh, solar panels on the roof. And a tray that'll go in our front storage box and hold the generator. And so, as you're traveling, they'll be plugged in, and you'll be charging your system as you go.
0: You'll be storing energy mm-hmm. while you're driving along. Yep. But the, they stay on the roof. They then. stay on the
1: roof, so when you get to your campsite, you can raise it up, and it'll continue to charge. Mm-hmm. Or they're—they have a quick pin, uh, a, a pin quick release, so you can take those and put them uh, out on a picnic table, or you know, into So the if you sunny were area. in a
0: shady spot, you could just move them to mm-hmm. where the sun is.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: Yeah, and I love that. And and what I liked about that is, you know, like the solar systems aren't going to run a refrigerator or an air conditioner, which I don't think you would need for the way you're camping in this. But it's enough juice to keep a fan blowing at night if you needed it, mm-hmm. and all the lights are all working. All the
1: lights charge your phone. You can and charge laptops. your
0: phone and laptop.
1: Yep. And the reason you wouldn't need a cooler is because the front storage box that we have is a lockable, waterproof, nine cubic foot. Uh, roto-molded box that has a kayak drain plug in it and you can use that as a cooler all weekend and then drain it out and put all your gear back in it and drive home
0: well kyle thank you for letting me come and tour your factory you guys have been on my hit list for so long and <laughs> i fell in love with this thing when i saw it in in Elkhart last uh, september and i hope to see you there this coming september we'll be there yep. i'll be there too and um, I, I just can't wait to see you on more rv dealership floors and at the rv shows
1: well, we have uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, approaching twenty RV dealers now throughout the U.S. and Canada, and you can see that on our website. So, if you're interested in seeing a Sylvan Sport go, um, just take a look at our website and uh, find a dealer near you.
0: But if they didn't find, if there was no dealer near you, they could just call you directly, right?
1: We you can can do sell that. direct. We still sell direct, and we'll ship it to your door.
0: Oh, Mm -hmm. you can't beat that. And then you could be out there having fun and going places and doing things. Exactly. All right. Thank you, Kyle. It's been a pleasure being here. Thank you. Before we close today, Girl Camper would like to bring you a travel tip from our sponsor, Progressive Insurance. Before taking your pet on a long distance road trip, you can get your pet acclimated to traveling by taking them on little short trips. We did this with our little dog Riley who thinks every time she gets in a car she's going to the vet. So by taking them on little short trips they get used to the sudden movements and the noises on the road. So be patient because it may take a little time before they figure out. This is fun. It's not a negative. This is another way Progressive has you covered while you're on the road. Well, that is our show for today. I'd like to thank our sponsor, Progressive Insurance, and welcome you on board again. I'd like to thank my producer, Stephanie Puglisi, for putting this all together. Stephanie and her husband can be heard every Friday on the RV Family Travel Atlas podcast and every Wednesday on their Campground of the Week. I'd also like to thank my special guest, Kyle Munt from Sylvan Sport, for being with us today kyle that is one spectacular product you make and i enjoyed being at the warehouse and seeing your whole company and wish you the best of success so thank you kyle for being with us we'll be back next week happy trails